Hello and welcome to Against the Grain, a podcast centered around self-exploration, leadership, lifestyle change, and soul-driven success. I'm your host, change advocate and coach, Louise Fuster, here to help you expand your capacity to adapt to change and move with momentum towards leading your life your way. Join me as we explore what it takes to cultivate a strong sense of self, lead from the heart, and boldly pursue change as a choice. This podcast will help you think, act, and live differently, giving you the green light to make meaningful shifts that feed your soul and ultimately shape your own success. Your life is yours to lead. You are capable of incredible things. And this podcast is your reminder. You are often told having it all looks like the luxury lifestyle. A mansion with all the modern toys, sailing in seashells, private parties, Louboutin loafers and Hermes handbags. But what if I told you you've been lied to? That the shiny shit that smothers Instagram isn't a real replica of success. On today's episode of Against the Grain, we're diving into the concept of having it all. The fat furphy we've been fed about what having it all looks like and how these ideals can leave us feeling jaded about our own accomplishments. Maybe like me, you've been led to believe that attaining society's standards of perceived success and having it all would most likely be out of reach for you. But I'm here to tell you otherwise, that you can in fact have it all. You can become successful and abundant in all areas of your life. How do I know? Because I have it all. Yet, it doesn't look like what you imagine. So stick around, friends, to find out why impressing yourself is the real remedy to having it all. We'll begin by going on a little journey back in time. Let's rewind to the early 1980s when having it all began as an advertising tagline, a concept cooked up to sell an image, a lifestyle, for those with a disposable income and an interest in keeping up with the Joneses. It was a decade where my childhood merged into young adolescence, where I was susceptible to comparisonitis, well aware that my upbringing and our family's financial situation looked very different to my friends and neighbours. I grew up in a household where both my parents had to work to make ends meet. And while I attended a public school, the neighbourhood kids went to the private school. And they had houses with pools and trampolines. We had to sit under our house, an old Queenslander, to catch the breeze so we could cool down in 36 degree heat. Our friends had the latest Cabbage Patch dolls and a boombox so they could take their music to the beach. Fancy. My sisters and I rocked hand-sewn clothes made by a family friend and rode around on second-hand bicycles. Growing up, I received conflicting messages. I would lovingly get told, the world is your oyster, you can do whatever you want, the sky's the limit. But then I'd subtly be reminded that I shouldn't expect to have all the trimmings that those folk around us had. It was just not our lot in life. Oof, it was like, you can dream big but only for a moment then you need to douse down your dreams and get realistic about things. When my time came to graduate senior school, I was told flat out that university wasn't an option. It was too expensive for my family. And back then, there was no study now, pay later scheme. My parents simply didn't have the funds to pay up front for the tuition. So any dreams I might have had of becoming a vet or a biologist was just not available to me, unfortunately. 
And given society's message that success comes from intelligence and that university is a prerequisite to be able to land a high-paying job and have a lucrative career, it was pretty much solidified that I would never get to have it all. I had to tamp down my desires and come to grips with the fact that there would probably be no McMansion with all the modern gadgets and no Porsche parked in the driveway for me. As a young adult, others had determined that my all wasn't going to look like what was being advertised as a dream life. Four decades later, the pressure to have it all is still very much alive and well. And as much as we try not to get sucked into the comparisonitis competition, most of us do feel the pressure to emulate someone else's successful lifestyle. But continuing to believe this nonsense narrative, my friends, will leave you feeling jaded about your own accomplishments that all the successes you've experienced and what you've achieved still doesn't quite measure up. Apparently, accumulation and abundance is what equates to real happiness. <sighs> Believing this bullshit is what will keep you stuck in your circumstances and hold you back from living your ideal lifestyle. And how do I know this? Because I have it all, yet it doesn't look like that constructed image we've been dished up and spoon-fed. I don't have the seven-bedroom, six-bathroom home with a garage turntable and a butler's pantry. Although trust me, a butler's pantry to store our shitload of kitchen appliances is definitely on my wish list. Nor do I have the flash European SUV, the 2.4 kids, the seven-figure business, or the Louboutin loafers. What I have is better. Because what I have is what I actually want. Minus the butler's pantry, of course. And what I want looks very different to what gets sold to us as what it should look like. My having it all, my success, my lifestyle, my image looks like multiple careers, choosing to work from home where I can, marriage to a man who adores me, a property, some investments, regular travel, no debt, being financially independent, owning my vehicle outright, having my own version of an ideal family, which is dogs, not kids, and moving my life around whenever I have the urge for change. Now, I'm an open-minded, each-to-their-own kind of human, so I'm not by any means bashing people who are working hard towards living the lavish lifestyle. Because sure, you can have that version if it floats your boat. You can have all that. But let me ask you something. Do you want it all? That's the real question. It's the exact question I asked myself when I was 20 and still just an apprentice in a kitchen. Now, despite the underlying message when I was younger being I probably wouldn't ever be able to have all that, I still wanted it. Why wouldn't I? However, my desires surely shifted when I witnessed the lives of the people I worked with, those in their 40s and 50s who had that perceived success. And what I saw wasn't at all what I wanted to emulate. It looked like they had it all but hated it. I saw them working incredibly long hours. They were stressed due to being mortgaged up to their eyeballs. They basically had a family but didn't get to have family time. Their marriages were unsatisfactory. It was obvious some of them were being held together by a very thin thread. Most were grumpy, overweight, drank too much and already had health issues. I cottoned on very early that the version of having it all we'd been sold was nothing but a fabricated measure of success with some negative side effects and it wasn't anything I wanted. It was a catalyst for me considering what success and having it all meant to me because no use having it all and hating it, right? No use having it all and struggling with your state of mind. 
Now, that's not to say I don't strive to tick all the boxes. For sure I do. But this concept of having it all can and should mean different things to different people. Your version of having it all should look vastly different to mine or your family's or your neighbours. That's when you know you're doing it right. So I want you to start questioning not what impresses others, but what impresses you. What do you want? Maybe it's taking on varied work that truly interests you rather than pursuing a career in one industry. Maybe it's turning down yet another work promotion to finally enjoy regular weekends off. Maybe it's buying a home on acreage over a compact inner city apartment. Maybe it's opting for private tutoring over private schooling when you have kids. Maybe it's opting out of having children so you can travel the world and never stop. Maybe it's celebrating with a low-key intimate wedding over a blown-out extravagant affair. Maybe it's deciding to not pursue a romantic relationship at all. Maybe it's choosing to go on a decent overseas holiday once every few years over a couple of quick weekend getaways often. Maybe it's working towards full health while also being able to afford private health care. Whatever it is, make sure you're making decisions for yourself, not for others. Focus on finding your own personal definition of having it all and how you feel about that. Because trust me, what you don't want is to be wasting your precious energy, time and resources and the best years of your life working towards amassing things that really don't bring you a sense of inner satisfaction or personal fulfillment, and or they promote a miserable mindset. My suggestion is to go and experience some of the things you think you might like. Test the waters, try before you buy, as they say. I did exactly this when my partner and I moved out of our apartment and into a family home with lots of sprawling space inside and a teeny tiny backyard where honestly you could barely hang your washing. Yeah, it was just the two of us, but at the time, our social circle were all making the move into bigger living arrangements. What sank in, though, after nine months of cleaning multiple toilets, bathrooms, and unused spare rooms, was that the truckloads of time it took me to keep the house clean didn't make me feel like I'd made it. It made me feel like a slave to success, and that I'd much rather prefer a smaller internal footprint with less time spent cleaning and have more outdoor and garden space to sit in the sun and have friends over for a barbecue. Had I never tested the waters though, I would have kept believing the ideology that a bigger house was better, more impressive. Not for me. Having it all has got to be what feels right to you as an individual, not what you've been lured into and what looks good on paper. Can you imagine if I had just accepted that nonsense narrative that I would never be able to have it all? Would I have meandered through my life moaning that it wasn't fair, becoming bitter and twisted? Maybe. Thankfully, though, I realized fairly early on in my young life that we have control over our definition of happiness and success. And this is a major part of us achieving our own concept of having it all. You see, it isn't about accumulation and abundance and impressing others. That concept is so outdated. It's solely about impressing yourself. Having it all will probably look very different to what you've been told it should look like. And it will definitely feel different, as in better to what they said it would feel like. You may not have it all before you're 35 or 40, and you certainly won't get there without putting in the work or needing some help. 
but having it all is available to you. It's as simple as knowing what it is you want to work for, what your version of soul success is, what your happy lifestyle goals are, what it is you value and prioritize most. Sure, you might need to compromise here or there, but you can have your version of it all. It's totally yours if you're willing to do things differently to what's expected and let go of what you've been force-fed. Well, that's a wrap for today's episode of Against the Grain. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. If you enjoyed what you heard, it'd be so freaking awesome of you to hit download, give me a follow, please leave a five-star review, and, of course, spread the love so we can encourage even more women to boldly lean into change and take the lead to build a life they're proud of and pumped about. Thank you so much for listening today and I look forward to connecting with you again in the next episode of Against the Grain.